As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be. Oh man, it's right. eight o'clock. And so that'll make it a. I don't need the spotlight. I shine just fine. Hi, I'm Karma, and yes, I am a bitch. Brav Bros. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Brav Bros, your favorite podcast from the bros for everybody. For whoever wants to listen, I am your co-host, Steel Russell, joined as always by the one and only Red October Magoots. What's up, pal? Red October it is, yeah, huh? It sure is. We're back at it and still holding a grudge over the Phillies for not inviting us to their influencer day, but I'm still going to cheer for the team. Yeah, definitely going to still root for them. I think this is a uh, this is a warning to them. You know, hey guys, get us in the mix. Yeah. We are diehard fans. Yeah. God die damn hard. it. Diehard indeed. Diehard. So diehard, in fact, that I've been hungover since Sunday, drinking all day for the birds, that I'm going to have to turn around and go out and celebrate the Phillies being in the playoffs again. It's just, it, look, it's a, it's a rough stretch. Last year, I, I kind of remembered. I got like PTSD. Yeah. <laughs> One of our friends and me, were, we were chatting about the whole thing. It's a rough stretch, especially when the birds are playing this well and there's so much sports on. It's like every weekend and then you think you get a reprieve. No, you get the Phillies playoffs during the week. It's so Hopefully funny for a long time that you said that because, again, I don't drink. I have to remind everybody of that every time I do one of these. But <laughs> I don't drink. And I remember last year, the stretch of games, there was one week where we had a birds game on Sunday. There was a Phillies playoff game every day of the week during the weekday, and I think that was the Saturday game for the Birds that same week. I think there were six straight days, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it was like a six-day stretch of Birds, Phillies, 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 Birds. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was definitely something like that. And also, No, do you know what it was? It was game three of the World Series, or two of the game of World Series, I think, maybe was the same night as the Eagles playing on a Thursday night. Oh, yeah. So you had to go, like, double TV, and I remember I was I was dead. Yes, I think everybody was. I was dead, and I don't drink. And, like, it's just, like, the, I think the the thing that people don't get, what really gets you, Mm -hmm. is the adrenaline crash. Because if you haven't been to a playoff game at Citizens Bank Park or a World Series game at Citizens Bank Park, it is unrivaled. In all of sports, it is the craziest atmosphere. Everyone's so into every pitch that when you leave there, it feels like the biggest come down ever. Like trying to like reacclimate yeah. to society is almost impossible. I was depressed for like three weeks after everything, not only because we lost, but I think just because. Because you were used to getting up and having that adrenaline, yeah. that adrenaline every day, and then you one day just didn't have it anymore. Yeah, that serotonin rush really crushes you. <laughs> yeah, I know. And it puts things in, into perspective, looking at the ticket prices in this capitalistic market we have here. The Phillies, to get in the door, it's like 220 Yeah, All the other games combined are like 50 bucks. Yep. It's like 13 7 and 20 Yep. Just to get in the door. Yeah. No, okay. That makes a lot of sense. But, you know, here we are just trying to live, you know. Just, just trying to live. Trying to get Let us live. Just trying to get through life. And look, I mean, we talked about it already. OC's on tomorrow night, the reunion. I'm pumped for it. Uh, you know, the, the Phillies are playing at 8 o'clock. I'm going to have to record the Phillies game and watch it at like 11 o'clock at night. The, my issue with this joke is that you made this joke when you walked into my house today. I didn't even give you a reaction. Nope. I didn't say a word. I just kept setting up the podcast. Because it's not funny. I think if you gave a reaction, I wouldn't have to do it here. Now I'm putting you on blast. <laughs> You're putting yourself on blast. Look, everybody knows I'm kidding. Oh uh, Yeah, ha ha. What do you want from me? It's Continue a, the joke. Talk it's about how we're going to sit down bit. and we're going to have some like chamomile tea or something. It's a dumb light bit. Light a candle. It's a dumb bit. 
All right. We're going to be watching the Phils tomorrow. We're going to watch the Rosie reunion on Peacock. Uh, is it one or two parts? Do we know yet? It said part one, so it's got to be two. If it's three, I'm not watching the third. It. You think? Should not we watching, do that? If it's we will third, watch two. <laughs> yeah, th- no, I think that's entirely fair. I think that's more than you can ask us to do. Look, I'm already talking about how if it's if part one is as bad as I think it's going to be, and they're just screaming the whole time, not making any sense and not getting anywhere because there's nothing to really talk about. Who cares? If it sucks that bad, I'm going to threaten to not watch the second part. If there's a third part, no chance. I think it's just that, not happening. That's a reasonable premise, especially with you know. Here's the issue. It's a big one for for Orange County, especially with the season that they had. Salt Lake is great. Southern Charm is great. Roni's had a couple of clunkers the past couple of weeks, but it's still an entertaining show. Like Bravo's putting out good material right now, leading into November, which is like, did you see the lineup? Mm-hmm. We're gonna have to watch so many shows, and I'm excited for a lot of them. Like Beverly Hills is coming back, which is like our crown jewel just because I think it always will be since we started with Beverly Hills. It's always going to hold a special place in our heart. So OC is coming. Our opening music will finally be relevant again. Yeah, our opening music will finally <laughs> kind of make sense. Not really because Rena's still in there, yeah. but like I'm not going to change it simply because one of our commenters asked me to and I yeah, refuse, no, now no, I refuse to now. Uh, because I'm an idiot and I'm stubborn. But I think that's a big issue that OC ran into is a lot of people were into it, as they pointed out in the comments, for a majority of the season. A lot of people started to echo our sentiment towards the end, especially the last few episodes with like the Heather Witch Hunt that was going on. And now they're going up against some really good shows. So it's like, I think the reunion's going to not do great. I could be wrong, and I'll, I'll eat my words the if I am. The thing is, but... it's a Wednesday night, and there really isn't, like, if you're not a sports fan, which is, you know, realistic. Well, hey, there's a lot more sports fans now, thanks to Taylor Swift. Exactly. There truly is. but. They had the biggest number of viewers since the Super Bowl I know. watching that Chiefs game. It's so funny. I think it's great. I have and no issue. And the refs with it. just like made sure that the Chiefs won. That I had an issue. So with. bad. That I had a problem. The thing, with. the funny fallout from that is if the Chiefs lose to the Jets, real Chiefs fans are going to get so angry and blame Taylor Swift. I know. That's what they don't <laughs> want. They, the NFL can't have that. The NFL is putting. On all of their socials, they've got Taylor Swift everywhere. They're using. I, I, I get mean, it. look. Why wouldn't you? They're both using each other, which is fine. Like, totally. I, again, I really do not care. But yeah, you go to commercial break, and it's like, here's the Taylor Swift movie that's coming out. Okay, now back to the NFL. There's Taylor Swift up in a, in the suite. They're not showing like the coach or anybody's reaction on the field after a touchdown. They're showing her box. They which is literally hilarious. went. Like, they're leaning the into it. Yeah. I have no. I really have no issues with it. I don't at either. All. I, I think none. it's cool. Um, I I think it's great to get like new football fans out there if if let's say there's the chiefs 10, don't need any more fans they don't No, the chiefs don't but if there's 10 people that are out of 10 right if two of them continue to watch football when the taylor swift stuff dies down two for every 10 and that's like an increase in football viewership yeah. i'm all here for it I and mean, all the new swifties out there that are watching football welcome we're, we're happy to have you i think it's great i think it's really a funny crossover and especially for me and you, who are still like uh, been in that crossover section yeah, of sports yeah. and Bravo, like pop culture and sports, I think it's fucking perfect. So all the Swifties out there, welcome to football. We're happy to have well, you. Well, then the funny thing is, I think her uh, her international tour starts in November because my biggest gripe was going to be, and I've been thinking about it, that Monday night game in Kansas City, Eagles Chiefs. Oh. If she showed up with like some one of those split Kelsey jerseys, I would lose my mind. Pick bad, a, bad yeah, yeah, we can't as pick, Eagles pick fans. I actually would respect it more if she just wore Travis Kelsey's or like a too. t-shirt or something. But 
No, she's going to be on tour, so I don't think she's going to be at that game. All right, well, maybe that loophole. It's going to it's going to die down, is what I'm saying. Like it's next gonna, couple yeah. weeks, yeah, I don't sure. think she's going to the next couple of weeks. So, but anyway, let's get back to the Bravo. Oh yeah, we need, Bravo. Yeah, <laughs> we need to do our power rankings for the week. Yeah, uh, honestly, there was a good segue in there, and then we started talking about Taylor Swift. But um, I do think, and you you kind of alluded to the lineup coming in November. I think that if Bravo can hit at the clip that they're hitting at right now, yeah, where we've got what do we have four active shows right now, so. Yes. We're looking at like a 75% clip with OC being a real clunker. Roni is good. It's good enough that even in the bad weeks, I can put it on and not like you can you pay attention, obviously, because we're going to talk about it. But I mean, like, I'm not super entertained the entire time, which is fine. There's frust- that's yeah. actually what these shows are supposed to be for. Right. It's supposed to have really entertaining times. And then the rest of the time, it's like, yeah, you know, it's on in the background and I don't mind checking in and seeing what's going on here. So that's kind of where Roni is right now. And that's where it's been for the last couple of weeks. Southern Charm and Salt Lake have come through so nicely. Um, Southern Charm is always going to have a little bit more of a special place in my heart, so I've got sure. the number one. Salt Lake two, Roni three, and uh, whatever that last one is, is you know, <laughs> wherever it is. <laughs> I'm going to go. Say. I'm going Salt Lake one. I, I'm I'm really enjoying Salt Lake. I think Monica is a superstar in the making if she continues at this rate. Obviously. There are pitfalls to Housewives that she needs to avoid to maintain this rise to stardom that she's currently having. But Roslick one, I'm going Southern Charm two. It's had a great start, like just exceptional, honestly, with the drama that's brewing right now. You might hate JT. I think he's fantastic for TV. I really do. Um, it's just a good start to the season. And then. Roni three because of the clunkers we've had for the but like you said like here's my my thing with Roni is it top notch right now no there's just a couple things that are like mildly frustrating I guess but it's not bad it's yeah. fine like it's totally fine I'll take there's not going to be great episodes every single week so I'll take I'll take a down week where I'm not like all right this one sucks you know what I mean yeah and I think that we. Look, we just got off of a girl's trip, so obviously we're going to have those individual conversations and right. not everybody in a group. Right. I can't relate to that any more than, than possible because when you go on a trip with a bunch of your friends, the last thing I want to do is hang out with those friends like the next week. And you know what sucks? I want to see you guys in a week or two. You know what sucks? We have to see each other twice a week. Regardless. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's different, though. We can separate business from pleasure. Pleasure. Hey, hey. don't threaten me with a good time. Hey, now. <laughs> now we're talking. Hey, right, let's. Why don't, we, why don't we get started? I didn't even we'll rank OC, it. by the way. <laughs> oh yeah, I know. Don't don't even mention it, honestly. All right, let's let's dive in. Uh, number four, Phillies games. Actually, oh. no. Number four, uh, the rest of the MLB playoffs. Yeah, yeah, and then OC unranked. Yeah, they're off my APB power rankings. But that takes us to Southern Charm, and this was a polarizing episode, if you want to use some good adjectives. Polarizing would be a great one to describe it, because this shit is real. This this tension is palpable between Taylor and the rest of the group, honestly, but what do you think about this season thus far? Like, how's the kickoff for you? Well, there's actually, so there's new words that were added to the dictionary. Did you see that? Yeah, John was put in there. Well, no, that was, John was a couple of months ago. The new ones, uh, I think it's simp, bussin, cap, and something else. I don't want to do this. I hate those words. <laughs> well, I would say, oh, no. I would say this season, the Southern Charm is bussin. I fucking didn't <laughs> see it. And it's just good vocabulary. I didn't see it coming. Damn it. <laughs> Stupid ass. Oh, that's Cap. <laughs> yeah, you go, yeah. there you go. Nice, dude. Nice. <laughs> now you got it. Uh, no, no, I really do. I, I think that this 
this season specifically, like last season had its ups and downs, which is normal. It's fine. But it's just so nice and different where we've been focused on housewives so much Mm -hmm. that you get a completely different element. And we needed that. And I've thoroughly enjoyed the first three episodes here. And obviously we're getting so many different dynamics and there's new people popping up. And JT is what JT is. I know we're going to start there. Um, But at the end of the day, it's still an enjoyable episode of something that I actually look forward to looking actually look forward to watching every week yeah something that as soon as i turn it on i know it's going to have my attention the entire time and that's all you can really ask for that's a good way to put it because there are moments especially like with a show like oc where it's a chore right yeah. like i'm like fuck i have to watch this beverly hills podcast. last year too it's not just oc i beverly, know no no and that, a lot but yeah that beverly hills or sorry oc is getting the hate right now because it's on but yeah beverly hills on the 28th episode of last season was a trudge like there are certain ones that we get to and we're like all right all right but yeah southern charm is a nice little relief so let's jump right into this episode. We start out um, at your boy JT's apartment and he's FaceTiming with his mom and he's a mama's boy. And that's like the least surprising news ever. And pretty much everything in this scene, I assumed about JT, not diabetes. I, I'm not saying I assumed, I assumed he had no, diabetes. No, I didn't assume that. <laughs> what I mean is like the fact that he is a real estate guy or he's a real estate developer and renovator and things like that. I will say it. I would love to check in with him now because his biggest business is Airbnb in Charleston, which I imagine at the time was very lucrative. Airbnb is tanking right now. Are they really? Yeah, it's not doing oh. great because people are making the move back to hotels. It's not nearly as profitable. It's going to be cyclical, I'm sure. They're going to have to adjust a couple of things. You know what the biggest problem with Airbnb is that, that you can name your own price. Yeah. You make your own price point depending on what you think your house is worth to stay in. And that that it was never sustainable. But. Look, I mean, I respect somebody who's got biz now. Obviously, he had money to start off with because his mom's very prominent up in, where was it, D.C.? Virginia. She, I, I think she has a interior design business in D.C. Oh, that makes and sense. And that's where he, like, learned yeah, everything yeah, okay. from. And, and it's a smart move, honestly. Like, if you want to go stage a couple of places to do photo shoots and then you want to go do some Airbnbs and stuff and you want to kind of, like, hunker down to Charleston, great spot to do that. A lot that's of bachelor, like, yeah. bachelorette parties Absolutely. going down there. A lot of people visiting for the weekend, a lot of people commuting out there. So it makes a lot of sense. And I feel like with Charleston, there's such like a specific Charleston vibe that if you make your Airbnb out to be that, people are going to pick that one every time. Sure. Very Charleston-y, like colors, pastels, like things like that. Little old, little exposed brick. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. So I can separate the the art from the artist, if you will. Nice. In the sense that I respect what he's doing business-wise. It sounds like he's got a good head on his shoulders, or at least he's got people in his corner that are telling him what to do. That's fine. Him saying mommy 15 fucking times is the most cringe shit that I've yeah, seen I don't on like Bravo he, in a while. When adults call their parents mommy or daddy, I really don't like it. No. It really makes me like cringe and it, it just makes me uncomfortable. It, there's just something to it. Like, just call them mom or dad. I would even be more comfortable with you calling them by their first name than mommy or daddy. There's just, eh, it just. Yeah, no, it's like just, it. the whole time. Like, I get it. Like, he dropped it once. If he dropped it as a joke, it's one thing, but he kept doing mommy. Uh, no, it's just even yeah, you saying yeah. it right now is making me uncomfortable. Yeah, I know. And I'm, <laughs> I'm talking about somebody else's mom. So there you go. But moving on from there, we get some pedicures with the boys. And I got to ask, have you ever gotten a pedicure? No. no yeah. No. Would you? Yeah. So I have this idea for us. I'm afraid that like it would tickle too much and then I'd kick the person in the face. But, you know, it, well, that, no, I, I can. That's a reasonable fear. Tell you from experience. I'll get in that story in a second. But I have an idea. All right. For like some off-brand stuff for us to do okay so every time that like we see dudes trying stuff on 
Bravo. And there was another example in, um, shoot, what was it? Was it OC this week? Or the Anima? No. <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, 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 no. Weird way to bring that no, up. No, no, no. No, I don't want to try that with you. But my point is, I want to... The IV oh, later? No, it was Roni. It was the sound bath. So here's oh, my idea. No, no, no. I know, I know, I know, I know. I know you don't like them. My point is, I want to get somebody to film us doing some activities that the Bravo casts are doing and okay. put that on YouTube and yeah, see if people fair. like that. Like me and you going to get a pedicure and just like filming that. Me and you going to do a sound bath and your reaction to it. Like, I sound off in the comments if that's something that you think would be funny because I think it's a funny premise, but it could also totally flop. Because are we streamers might not care. now too? Like chat, no, no, no. chat, chat. I'm not Let saying that. I'm just saying I want I want to know because like that would be to me it's funny, but I could also see people be like we don't care that much about you too. Yeah. So let us know. But anyway, petty with the boys. I have gotten one pedicure in my life, and it led to the worst ingrown toenail ever because I got it during spring training, mm. and then I was catching like ten bullpens a day, mm -hmm. and because of how they cut my nails, it literally was excruciating they had to pull it out as a whole thing so i'm anti-pedicure forever not because i think i'm too manly to get one by any means it's because i got one and it led to a really bad experience so i'm out on pedicures but just listening to craig talk about it and look craig you do whatever you want but i know you're doing well in life right now but talking about like oh no i do like a little light blue on my pinky over here about, you know what? No, no, no 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 the the any any nail color on your hand no, I'm out. That, out. That's where I draw the line. I like. It sounds like he was doing the clear thing on his foot for protection. Yeah, it's pre I, preventative I, measures so that they look clean all the time. I don't know. Maybe he's got a feet finder. Who the hell knows? But yeah, no, I, I draw the line at the. Yeah, I get it's it's, it's too Sandoval, and I'm just out. Oh, that's that's a fair. Okay, with the Sandoval thing. Okay, I get Cali. It. I don't have an. I would never do it. I have no problem with it. Like, I, if you think you can pull it off, go for it. I, I think it's a really tough look to pull off. But if you think you can, you know, that's it's your. Like my six-year-old niece wants to paint my nails or something. Oh, that's a completely different thing. That's yeah, a that's different story. Completely different. But hey, you know, do you, boo boo? I don't give a shit. But they're recapping the boys' night, and uh, Shep, who was seemingly, you know, towards the end of the night, he was definitely getting more skeptical and more upset about the situation. He's had a night to think about it. And he's really uncomfortable with the Austin and Taylor relationship, as he should be. And he asked Craig, like, do you think anything's going on? Because I'm sitting at like 50-50 right now, which is pretty damning. Yeah. I think. And this is a very interesting tidbit that I think we should have been party to way before. And maybe I'm not because I haven't watched previous seasons. Apparently, Austin has a history of this where he goes after exes and hooks up with them. He yeah. did it to Craig. He's done it to Shep. To the point where they show a clip of Shep and him having a conversation. And once again, I fault Shep for a lot. And I do not like Shep. When it comes to how he handles his friends, he seems like a good dude in that respect only. Because in the conversation that we see with him and Austin in the past, where he's like, I heard you were hanging out with this girl. You knew I was into her. In the future, can you please like come to me first? He still doesn't blow it up out of proportion. Like He, he seems to have his friends' backs, or at least does not want to damn them for doing stupid shit to him. Right. Yeah, Shep, at least this season, shows glimpses of actually being a good dude. Glimpses. And I think, I think this could just be a difference between, like, what, obviously we were watching what he was doing in that relationship last year, and you're like, dude, what are you fucking doing the entire time? And he gets to the point where you were very annoyed and hated talking about Southern Charm because of Shep. Yep. 
But now it's like you're kind of starting to feel a little bit bad for him because he does kind of look like a puppy dog. Slightly. We know really. what's going on. We know how the Taylor relationship was and everything. But you see him in this moment and when he's talking to Olivia, you're like, ah, dude, like you're trying. You're just kind of lost. You don't really know what the hell's going on and you do not know what to do. I did think it was kind of funny that his now obviously I guess he lives right down the street from Olivia over in Isle of Palms or wherever they are. And the idea that the night after we get to talk about how Taylor and Austin are hanging out and he like, hangs out one on one. He goes and hangs out with yeah, Olivia one on one. Like but like I think that was actually innocent and I think that was fine because apparently Olivia's parents were like, Yeah, Shep lives right down the street, he can help out and do this and whatever. And he came over and dropped some pheasant off, which is and, you know, and put a light up. And for me, also, like just saying that out loud, at no point am I like, "Oh man, maybe Olivia and Shep are gonna hook up." Like, no, I know, no, no. I know Olivia definitely not to the point where it's like she's not gonna bang Shep. So. I knew, I knew that light bulb, by the way, was gonna turn on as soon as he screwed it in. I knew that power wasn't off. Oh no, yeah, no, it never. I was, was waiting for it. <laughs> I've done it once where the light bulb exploded. Yep. Upon connecting, yeah, that oh. was that was scary as shit, but. Regardless, it seems like, and Shep alludes to it as well, like, it almost seems personal, where, like, if you continue to target exes, like, that says a lot about you, and that says to me, like, during their relationship, you were clearly putting out some vibes, and we saw that a little bit with Taylor last year, yep. that scene where they were shopping for shoes, and he's like, you're like a sister to me, and we're, we both were like, that's inappropriate, yep. this is weird, so, you know what, it might be a pattern with him, where it's like, you know, I hate to say I don't like the way that Shep words things where he's like, you want what like I have and like compares women to toys in a sandbox. But I understand what he's trying to say, where it's like you want something that is not yours, like this is not your relationship. And for some reason, you covet that covet thy neighbor. If you Yeah, will. I mean, th there's a lot of patterns. I mean, you could also kind of look deeper and say maybe Shep's allowing his girlfriend to get like it, it's a tough thing to even say, honestly, but like. If, you, if he's done this in the past and you're still seeing like, all right, Austin is getting to the point where he's really close with my girlfriend. You, you, you know, you, you want that. You want your friends to be friends with your significant other, of course. Friends, sure. Friends, sure. But not like talking about how they're like brother and sister no. and going shoe shopping one on one together. Like that's a little weird. And if that's happened a bunch in the past, you kind of have to sit down and have a talk and be like, if yo, this is. Or if you start dating a girl. Yeah. And I call you and like, hey, we just went shoe shopping together. I'd be you like, did be... you get me anything? <laughs> and the answer is probably no. I'm just saying, like, you, nobody would be thrilled at that scenario. No, definitely not. So, but... I don't know. But let's keep going, because the next scene is atrocious. We get Austin, who had called Taylor the minute he woke up and was hungover and invited her over for an IV treatment. Now, any reasonable human being, after the night that you just had, the last person you think you'd call to invite over is the person that is under question. Because... Yep. That seems like a really shitty idea. But Austin does not seem to care about any of that stuff. So he invites Taylor over for like a hangover IV. She shows up and even the way that they're hanging out together. And I know I'm nitpicking, but I'm going to because we're trying to get to the bottom of this. It's so comfortable. It's so much to me like a couple hanging out after a big night out. Like, oh, let's just lounge on the couch. We'll have some coffee. Like, let's recap. It's not friendly. To me, that doesn't seem like two friends shooting the shit. To me, that seems like there's more there immediately, just by how they like act around each other. Yeah, you know what the one sentence that Austin said was that kind of stood out to me was, as soon as Taylor got there and he was finishing his coffee, he even said, let's go sit over by the couch because it's, it's going to be much more comfortable for us. Yeah. Like, that's weird. Like, who talks like that? I, somebody it's trying like, to hey, fuck let's somebody. Go, let's go sit on the couch. 
Let's go over here. Any of those sentences are fine. Let's go relax. Once you start, like, once you start describing the comfortability of the room and where you're going to be, a little weird. A little weird. Let's go sit down on something a little more comfortable. Yeah, let me, let me slip into something a little more couch comfortable. Yeah, no, I didn't like it, but they're sitting there and they're recapping their evening. And this, to me, also screams that there's something going on because she makes a point to immediately, the first thing she brings up is that she met a guy. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's trying to convince either the viewers, yourselves, or each other that there's nothing going on here. Because we talk about dudes, we talk about other people, so clearly we're not hooking up. And she talks about this guy she met, and then goes through her big three. Her big three are funny, smart, and must love Jesus. Good big three. It's a big three you for her. you have a her. problem with that big three? I don't know, man. It just seems like Problem with the J-man? No, I don't. Do you? It's, it's <laughs> your prerogative. My, my issue is... Everything to me seems like she's calculated in her answers. She's calculated in the timing of it. Bringing up the guy in general to me was That's a weird timing. And then, now, do you think that there's a little bit of? I I, I don't want to use a bigger word here, but do you think that they're kind of manipulating it a bit in yes. the sense that do you yeah. think that Austin texted Taylor before that phone call and oh. said, "Hey, why don't you come over here? Cameras are here. Uh, we'll get an IV and we'll kind of talk about this. This is what happened last night." So let's throw them off the trail a little bit. Let's just hang out as friends and tell me about like a guy that you just met and you want to hook up with. I'll tell you about like my girl problems and maybe that didn't make it to the edit. Like I could see that happening. I could see that. I could but, see like, it because that's he seems the thing snaky. with this show all the time is I I feel like I give them more credit than where it's due. A lot of times they're just idiots. I think that I think that's it. I and think... if if we're going the idiot route on this, then I actually believe that Taylor met somebody and isn't throwing anybody off the scent. They're just truly confused about what relationship they have. That could be it. I do believe she met somebody. Yeah. It's not under question for me. I do think, and like, look, is Austin slimy enough to send that text or have that phone call beforehand? 1,000%. Is he bright enough to do that? Like you said, I don't think so. I don't think so either. I I think in their mind, like, they are trying to throw people off the trail. Whether there's a trail to follow or not, I think they're doing the most to try to cover their tracks, even if it's just covering their friendship tracks. Because Mm -hmm. again, even if you go to Shep or Olivia and say, yeah, Taylor was at my house this morning doing an IV drip with me, recapping the night, they would have an issue, as anybody would. Yeah, I think they would. And you can tell that Olivia is a little confused about it, too, when it gets brought up later. Sure. Nobody really knows how to make their friendship, like what it means to anybody, let alone the two of them. So well, clearly they've got issues. The most damning thing to me is Olivia says, I wouldn't bring it up to Olivia that I slept over here. And I wouldn't bring it up to her because I think it would make her feel uncomfortable. If mm-hmm. that's the sentiment, if you know that, then you should not do it. If that is your girl, that's your friend. You guys have been palling around together, apparently inseparable, to the point that you're calling each other sisters. If you would not tell her about something, then you have gone too far. And you answered your own fucking question. Yeah, I agree with that. But... Moving forward, we get to, I called it a tea party at Vanita's because they're spilling tea. You like that? And it's kind of set up like a tea party, even though they're not drinking any tea. But it's Leva, Madison, Taylor, and Olivia. And I finally figured out what Vanita's role is on the show. Okay. Vanita's role is bringing people together for things to blow up. It happened last year at the engagement party. It happened, or I guess at her, their quote-unquote joint birthday was, party. Yeah, even you're called it. Yeah, see, birthday. and it happens here at her little party where they're sitting around and just chit-chatting. This is Vanita's role. She's she throws a good party too. Uh, she does. It's a so very nice little party. It is, but if that's what she brings to the table for now until she kind of 
finds whatever route she's going to take. I think she's on this right show. now. She's the bridge between Madison and the rest of the group, right? And that's like, also, Leva's, you know, uh, obviously Leva has her own thing going on with all our businesses and a different show. Sure. So she's going to show up a little bit here and there, and we're okay with that. Look, I mean, Leva was great a couple of years ago. We kind of see the writing on the wall, like she's moving out, she's going to her other show. That's great. But Madison's still a force within this show, and yeah. she's not really that connected to Olivia and Taylor. You still have to have Vanita in there because Vanita's going to have the parties where I'm going to bring Madison over and Everybody we're all going to talk. Together. Otherwise, it's like, I can't see Olivia calling up Madison and saying, hey, why don't we go grab some coffee? Well, she would because they have to for production. Yes. But it seems more scripted. But than... let's not forget that last year they hated each other. I know. Because of the Austin thing. So, right. like, there's got to still be a little bit of animosity there. I know that Madison's doing this whole housewife thing where... She's turned a new leaf, and th- the same Madison is still in there somewhere. And we're we gonna get see little it at hints some point. of it. We yeah. got a hint where the dog. She's you know, alluding to it a lot in her confessionals, so I think it's gonna pop up at I some do point. Too. I and hope it does. You know, you it get is really good for the show. That little stinger where uh, Taylor's talking about her dog being in heat, and she's like, "Oh, she just like put her ass up towards him, like Charles Vanita's dog." Yeah. And she's like, oh, where'd she learn that from? And I'm like, ooh. Mm-hmm. And that's like, that's but what But then she said, does. definitely not her mom. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> definitely not her she's mom. She's also mean. But at the same time, you're like, hmm, I know what you're doing there because yeah. she brings it up later. But they start discussing like Austin and this is ridiculous. Austin walked up to Olivia while she was on a date with another guy. And I guess she made out with him and he walks up and like inserts himself into the situation and then introduces himself to the guy and then says, I didn't take you for a triple-A kind of girl. Like, shitting on this guy because he's a triple-A baseball player, which is the most insecure shit I've ever heard. Like, why do you need to go over there and assert yourself? Yeah, and that a man? thousand percent happened. I do believe I all of that. I fully believe that that exactly happened. I think Literally. she got it verbatim. Yeah, no, I think that's exactly what he said. I think it was as off-putting as it comes off yep. to us. It's like... What are you hoping to accomplish there? Look at you making out with dudes out here in the open. Yeah, like, what are you, yeah, of course he's going to say that. Like, what a fucking moron. And by the way, guy, you're the one that fucked this whole thing up. You have no dog in this fight. You are not allowed to say things like that to her because she tried to extend another chance to you. And after a week, you were out. And we're yeah. starting to find out why. And it's because Taylor was in the mix and Taylor was in the picture. And we'll get there. I don't want to jump in too soon. But they're telling Taylor, to like, how to squash her shit with Craig. And it makes total sense. Like the overall sentiment being, Hey, we know you're scorned by Shep. Unfortunately for you, you come off the bad guy. When you react the way you do right or wrong. We understand that he's the one that's at fault here. But when you lash out the way you do it, it looks bad on you, not him. So the way to go about this is to live your best life. Act like you don't give a shit. Go out there, put your best foot forward. Instead, Madison points out we're seeing, or sorry, Benita points out that we're seeing a different Taylor. This is not who we've seen in the past. You're acting differently. It's off-putting because you're doing things that you wouldn't normally do. And I'm going to take it to a whole different level and say, and I don't think it's the same situation by any means, but who else did we see this year that was acting entirely different than the person we've seen in seasons past? Come to find out there's a lot of sketchy shit going on behind the scenes. Raquel. Yeah. Right. So like, because we watch these people so intimately and see how they tick when they're off. And then the group points out that they're off. There's usually more skeletons in that closet. That's all I'm going to say. But Madison finally points out, and this is why she's great for the show because she'll say it. And the conversation is Taylor defending Austin. And that's the least surprising news ever. She's like, you know, Austin's just a really good friend. He's not a great boyfriend, blah, blah, blah. Madison's like, he is low-key in love with you. 
And Taylor's like, what? No. And I'm sure part of her is happy to hear that. But the most interesting part is Olivia comes to her defense and goes, no, I get their relationship. I've actually appreciated having a middleman between Austin and I. She kind of bridges this gap for us, which is nice. They were friends before I came into the picture. I hope that they're friends after. Like, I respect and I condone this relationship. Who else said that? Just last week. Oh, fuck. Ariana? No, where did she get that from? Oh. She just had a conversation with somebody who said that almost exactly. Shep, about... Oh, that's right. About Taylor. That's right. And said that same thing to Olivia. I really value your friendship. You're kind of bridging the gap between the two of us so that I can make sure that she's okay. And I like your friendship and I wish you guys the best. See? Olivia the very next week says the same thing. It's the perfect cover. I think that Shep is being genuine, but Shep is keeping an eye on Taylor. Not in the sense that like he wants her to be happy in the sense that like, I don't want her to fuck like me up even further. And I want to keep my distance with like keeping an eye on her. Olivia just took that from him and just said that in that oh, moment. Think? So I'm like, I, I don't know. Oh, interesting. But regardless, she seems unbothered or at least wants to paint the picture that she's unbothered. But moving forward, we get to check in with Craig and Sewing Down South. And I will always and forever point out how proud I am of Craig for Sewing Down South because of the shit that he got from Naomi back in the day about, oh, we just going to sit at your sewing machine and, and sew because that was such horseshit from her. And now he's on the Home Shopping Network. They just got a big deal with Kroger. So he's going to be in all these stores. He's opening up a warehouse. Like, it is a incredible business that he's built off of sewing. And fuck Naomi for shitting on his dreams. And I'm so happy for him that he's able to push this shit to the next level. And we do get a very, very interesting fact here. Because they're going to make this move into Kroger stores and because the demand is going to be so high, he will not be able to back and forth it from New York anymore. He wanted to spend the whole summer. The whole in summer York. there. And I guess that guy is like the business manager. I don't know who that man is or what his He's role probably is. Probably the main investor, I would imagine, or head of operations or something, something like that. Something yeah. big to the point where that guy's like, not even like a soft, like, I oh, will see. It's a firm. Absolutely not. Yep. We do not have the time for you to be bopping back and forth from New York. You definitely can't take months off to go up there because the demand's too high, which is a good problem to have. But at the same time, I think we're setting up a very difficult conversation for Craig. I don't think it's going to be a difficult conversation for Paige. And here's an interesting thing, because when we said a few weeks ago that the the clear move is for her to go down to Charleston, everyone's like, well, you shouldn't follow a man and blah, blah, blah. And I agree. Like, we're not saying that the, it's the woman's job to follow the man by like any standards. I'm not saying that at all. Because I understand where that could bite somebody in the ass. Sure. My point is, his stuff, his business is brick and mortar. He has a headquarters. She has the flexibility to do her job from other places. That doesn't mean that she has to make that move if she doesn't want to. Yeah. But that means the relationship has to end. You can't have a long... If she's not willing to make the move, right? He physically can't. His business is down there. He can't close up shop after they've hit Kroger. Home Shopping Network, X, Y, Z. That It's just a much more tangible thing than her business in which she can do from a remote location because a lot of it's virtual. I'm not saying she has to make the move. If she wants to stay in New York, that's her prerogative. Don't follow him down to Charleston. Fine. But if you want the relationship to continue because of the details, he can't live in New York. He simply cannot. Yeah, no, I, I, it's a really good point. And I think that honestly, this situation is a blessing in disguise for their relationship otherwise they're going to be yo-yoing back and forth 
not really defining anything, not saying, okay, I'm going to move down here. You're going to move wherever. We're going to spend the whole summer together and figure this out. Like, no, you've spent enough time to figure this out. It's going to force the The issue. answer should be there already, and it's not. And we've talked about this in the past. Like, you either know or you, know, or you don't know. And if you don't know and you're not willing to budge anywhere and you're not willing to move, then you kind of know the answer to it already. That's you're just I'm not saying, saying it right? out loud. This kind of forces their hand. He will not be able to go. Now, obviously, he can still do weekends, I imagine, some of them. But it didn't look like they have a huge crew. They have a lot of demand. And whoever that guy is, the head of operations, said, we're going to hit like three or four setbacks. I already know that's going to happen. Yep. I think he's being modest. I feel like it's probably going to be like five or six. There's a lot of fucking things going on there. A lot of moving parts. Craig has to be there for all of it. Yeah. Otherwise, he's got no accountability within his own company, and that's not a good thing to do. So he's going to have to stay in Charleston for the most part. He might be able to bop up for a weekend, but there won't be full weeks up there ever this whole summer. So deal with it and have the conversation. It forces you to... Now, Craig wants to have that conversation. He's tried to have that conversation. Paige kind of pushes him off here and there and here and there and whatever, and then starts crying about how she doesn't want to leave her mom. That's also fine. It's fine. Everything is fine. But if the relationship's not going to work because you guys are states and states away from each other, then it's just not going to work. And then maybe at some point in the next year, when things calm down and Craig can hire somebody to do his day-to-day -day operations and he can kind of sit back and collect the money from his all of his work that he's done for the last couple of years, we may be able to find each other again. But right now, it's not going to work. This forces that conversation, and I think we're going to get it in the next couple of weeks. I do, too, and it's going to be interesting to see which way it goes. Yeah. I do firmly think that Paige would be fine with it continuing on the way it is for an extended period of time. I don't, it's just not good for Craig's psyche. I don't, I don't think so because Craig's ready to take that next step. Yeah. And again, that does not mean that Paige should fold and give in if it's not what she wants. You yep. should do what she wants to do. But I think it's reached a point where a decision she has to be made. can't sit in that gray area anymore. No, yeah. It's for, not good for, for anybody. For both of their sakes, yeah. right? For her and for him. Because yep. if he wants to move forward with her and she's not ready, that's fine. That's her prerogative. Do what you got to do, Paige. Live your life in New York. No shame in that. Do you, boo-boo. Do you, boo-boo. But he's got to make a move. So I, I'm, I'm glad they're forcing it because it's time. And everyone's like, it's only been a year. Yeah. But it's a year in reality TV time, which means that we need the shit to move forward. We cannot continue <laughs> to talk about this. But moving forward from that, we get Austin and Rod, and they're meeting for drinks. And I do think this was a forced scene by production. Like, you guys need to sit down and hash this out. But I like Rod. I said I liked Rod last week, and he takes the time to at least tell Austin, like, hey, man, here's the situation. I've been hanging out with Olivia. I like Olivia. We might have made out a little bit. I'm coming to you man to man just to put it out there so you don't get blindsided by it. Austin's reaction is that of a child. He doesn't take it well. As you like to point out frequently, how long did they actually date for? Like, second, Austin points out, well, she's not my property. Third, Austin is such a fucking child that he has to go, well, I did see her making out with another dude last week. Just like throw a dig at him. Yeah. Which is so dumb. This guy's taking, he doesn't owe you shit. He owes Austin nothing. No. He doesn't owe him this conversation. I think like you said, I think it's got to be a production thing. There's no way. I, I did at least find some solace in them having known each other for seven years. Yeah, instead but, of what I thought it was when I saw the trailer, thinking who the fuck is this guy? They don't even know each other, and they're going to sit down, yeah, one on one and talk about a six month relationship that Austin had. No, stupid. I thought aside from if he hadn't done the comment about her hooking up with a guy last week at a bar, like we just saw her and Rod kiss like three days ago. Yes, maybe they weren't even talking. Maybe they just started talking. Who the fuck cares? They're it not dating. Matter. They're not dating. They're not dating. They're not boyfriend girlfriend. Whatever you want to call it. He doesn't need. Neither of them need to be in this situation, but they are both there. So I'm thinking production as well. It sucks for both sides. There's not a lot you can do. Austin handled it how Austin handles it. 
I think without that comment, I think that's exactly what we expect from com- from from Austin. Yeah, and I'm okay with that. I, I don't really need any more from that. But yeah, throwing in the dig of her hooking up with a guy is just trying to get back at Rod because he feels like this is personal. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like yeah. you're going after the girl. It's like no, every single fucking person on this show that is single and dating makes a point to say Charleston is un- incredibly small. And you're going to see everybody that you've always dated. You're going to see people that they've dated. There's going to be overlap. This is just how it's going to be. There's overlap. Deal with it and move on. It's not a fucking big deal. Yeah, grow the fuck up. But Shep and Olivia, this is when he goes over there to uh, give her some pheasant post-hunt, which, you know, not going to say anything. But if somebody walks into my house post-pheasant hunt and plops down on my white couch, I would have something to say about it. Because you're definitely covered I in feathers. Think he came right from he the did. pheasant hunt. That vest, he still had his earplugs around his neck. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, God, I didn't know that. And that vest is a pheasant hunting vest because pheasant hunting, a lot of the time, is a wealthier activity. Yeah. And the hunt itself is not usually that difficult. A lot of times they plant the birds there. It's almost like a slaughter fest. But that's neither here nor there. My but, issue was that he didn't fully dress the pheasant. There were still feathers on it. So, like, what is Olivia going to do with he that? He didn't dress that pheasant. No, no, no. You There's guides. So? No, no shot. There's guides there that when you get done the hunt, you give them the birds, they clean them, vacuum seal them, and give them. Trust me, I know. Okay. Yeah. It looked like that was just like a gallon Ziploc bag. No. It looked like a vacuum nope. seal. Somebody cleaned that pheasant and gave it to him to take home. 1,000%. Okay. But right. regardless about the pheasant, <laughs> they are talking and recapping. And once again, Olivia takes a stance of, yeah, you know, I know how they are, but like they're just close friends. I condone this relationship. And Shep is like, I don't feel good about this. And I'm glad he brings up specifically when it was brought up by JT, the sleepover, because I don't think Olivia knew about the sleepover. But when he brings it up to her, he says, Austin got tongue-tied. And that's a big point to make because we know from experience watching Austin when he gets caught in an uncomfortable situation where he's not telling the whole truth, he looks up at the ceiling and goes, oh, well, um, uh, listen, uh, and he doesn't have a response. He got caught off guard by JT, which I think anybody would have. And that, that was such a weird scenario. So anyway. forced. It was crazy. It was crazy. So I, I think that it was perfect because it forced the issue and made him uncomfortable. But that's when Olivia goes, fuck, there might be more here because if Austin's tongue tied, Shep is this uncomfortable with it. He clearly like there was a vibe last night when the boys were talking about it. I might need to dive into this more. And she takes it upon herself the very next day to call Taylor and set up like a coffee date. And she, she's driving and Taylor's setting up her, her day chaser event, which is still got to be one of the worst names for a it Still drink. doesn't make any sense it to me. It sounds like a liquid IV. It does. It sounds like a hangover. And cure. then they even had an IV thing in this episode. Like, so it threw me off even more. That was a good company. Name. It was called Thrive and the IV was highlighted. And Love that. Yeah, that that's that's, that's good branding. That's good marketing. <laughs> Day Chaser is not, but she's setting up an event for Day Chaser at Republic, and uh, Olivia goes and meets her, and they start chit-chatting, and and Olivia starts to dig a little bit, and she brings up the tongue-tied thing. Why was he tongue-tied? What's going on between you guys? I'm sure she was expecting a much different response than she got, because Taylor takes the most bizarre approach to a a point where you got to give her some level of respect, I think, for at least being completely upfront about it. Like, she didn't pull any punches. She Mm -hmm. goes, look, after the reunion, we were both hurting. We were in a weird spot. We bonded. It was pretty much like a trauma bond. So we connect over both of our mishaps and both of our relationships to the point that I questioned it and said, should we explore this more? wild thing to say to olivia sitting there but she tells her anyway 
should we explore this more to the point I called up my brother, talked to him about it. He said, you're going directly out of the frying pan into the fire. Why would you invite this on yourself? Austin, he goes and talks to his sister about it. And to Olivia's point, if you're taking the time to talk to family members about it, that means it's too intimate. It's too close. You guys are overstepping boundaries here. And it's disrespectful to both Shep and to Olivia. Yeah. And, and it's one thing if that happened and they weren't still hanging out as much as Correct. they are one-on-one. They took a step Because then back it's like, all right, what happened to you guys? Like, you guys used to be so, like, inseparable. Now, after the breakup, you're not really talking and you're being awkward around each other. And then this comes out. You're like, okay, that makes sense. Because you guys had an uncomfortable moment. You weren't sure what was going on. You had a discussion. You realized it's not good. And now you stop hanging out and it's awkward. I get that. People are still going to be butthurt about that, of course. Like, Olivia, Shep is going to do what Shep's going to do, whatever that is. If they were upset about it, I'd be like, you know what? That's the right move. They separated. That is. But no, they're still hanging out. They're still calling each other in the morning. They're doing one-on-one hangouts. They're doing weird couple-y things together when they're not dating. Like, no, you had this awkward moment, decided, we think, we're going to keep it at face value for now, Mm -hmm. decided to not pursue that. Good. Great job. And now you're still hanging out and like you just moved past it. Like that's not how people work. No, because the elephant still in the room. Even if one of them was able to like, you know what? Maybe Austin can separate that and he's completely different. You can, you can always rely on one, one of the people to be completely invested in the not relationship. Not both parties. Not both parties. They are both still feeling weird feelings about each Absolutely. other. And they're hanging out a bunch. Like this is only going to raise more questions. So while I do condone i guess taylor coming clean and talking to olivia like this you're not doing yourself any favors well here's the you caveat didn't, you didn't have to tell olivia that in my opinion i don't think she did either i think she could have sugarcoated it a little bit you could have pulled back a little you didn't have to talk about across. talking to your family did no. you certainly did not have to say that austin called his sister absolutely not that makes it even but, weirder but olivia did ask and i'm glad that she was at least honest about it but it shouldn't have gotten to the point where no. you let that information slip you should have nope. said look we had a weird moment we discussed it like we decided, like, no, absolutely not. We can't move forward. So that was the end of it. That's how you present that information, yes. not diving into as much as you did. The other part of this whole thing, the worst part of this, Austin and Olivia tried to figure things out for a week after the reunion. Mm-hmm. That means That's that while name. they were trying to figure that out, he was also having this conversation with Taylor. That's fucked. That means that he is emotionally playing both sides of the field. He's trying to figure things out with Olivia, quote unquote, and at the same time, having a conversation with his sister about Taylor. Both are inappropriate Mm. for so many different reasons, and I just think that it's a slimy fucking move. I have a different approach to that. I think that he reached out to Olivia afterwards because he had unreasonable feelings about Taylor, had that conversation with her, decided to not pursue that, felt weird went back to Olivia and essentially is like, I am in a weird fucking place right now. This is not going to work. I just don't think that it's smart for me to be dating at all, let alone with you. We don't know specifically what he said to her. We've heard like a roundabout way, but if he took the approach of, look, I just had a fucking weird ass conversation with Taylor. She was my best friend's girlfriend and I consider dating her. I'm not going to turn around and be like, you know what, Olivia, like, let's go. Like, clearly I'm not in the right frame of mind. I shouldn't be doing any of this. I think you're giving him a lot of credit. I'm thinking like... I don't know. I just try to put myself, it's a crazy place to be, but put yourself in that position. It's like, that's probably the best outcome is saying, I am not emotionally ready to be dating right now. So I should just step away from everything. I think you're giving him entirely too much. I don't know. I think a reasonable person might think that. I don't think he would. But here's the last thing I'm going to say, and then we're going to move on. This is when 
the God stuff bugs me because she starts crying and going, I was using him as my crutch, not God. It's like, don't you dare use religion to back yourself out of this. I think that's horseshit. I think by like throwing the God thing in there, she's saying, that's why I was just lost because my relationship with God was messed up. And I think that's horseshit and manipulative. Yeah, it is. I think it would have been way more manipulative like 50 years ago. But anymore, it's like, all right. Man. It's just like, dude, don't no. don't bring that part of it up. Look, that's look to each their own, whatever they want to do. But when you throw it into an uncomfortable situation like, that, like that's this. That's all I'm saying, yeah. Yeah, it, it's definitely a scapegoat. Yeah, no, I have no. Yeah, yeah. do you again. I'm just saying in this I scenario. I straight away from like, my religion. No. You get it. You're a man. You're a, a woman of God as well. You understand. It's like, no, no, I know. Uh, maybe not the time. Yeah. Hey, hey, it's Donna from Daily Dose of Donna. Every weekday afternoon on the Daily Dose of Donna podcast, I cover all of the reality TV and celeb gossip and breaking news. I'm a former TV casting director. My husband works in reality TV, and I live for the housewives, the sister wives, the southern charmers, and the summer housers. And let's be honest, all of the drama. I'll give you a day's worth of celebrity and reality news weekday afternoons in just under an hour. New episodes of Daily Dose of Donna post weekday afternoons and are now available in video on Spotify. Subscribe to Daily Dose of Donna. That's D-A-N-A on your podcast app. But now we're on to Roni. And again, not my favorite episode, not my least favorite. It was just, it, it was whatever. It was entertaining background TV. Exactly. Yeah. And that's honestly, I will ask for that 10 times out of 10 compared to OC or yeah. something that I feel is a task to watch. Yes, exactly. It wasn't a task. It wasn't the most captivating, but it wasn't a chore. But we're going to jump right in. We get Jessel and Pavitt. And this was a nice scene between the two of them. Finally, like I felt like both of them were and maybe I'm starting to understand the dynamic a little bit better. And Dev's the one that pointed out to me, like, you know, they were friends first before they dated so they it's kind of more of like a razzing relationship sure and like i can appreciate that so like maybe i'm warming up to it more or maybe they finally just showed like an entire scene of them so you can see like yeah they take jabs but they seem to really like each other yeah so, i think they do i i also just think that she's a little more mild towards him now yeah so maybe she's had some feedback maybe she's talked about it maybe she's thought about it i don't know it could just be like that early season first time on camera jitters coming on like, too yeah, strong. This is my husband. Everybody does this to their yes. husband. Like, no, maybe calm down a little bit. But I agree. I thought that it was a nice scene. I I liked seeing the two of them talk. And I don't think it's because we know Jessel more. I think it's it was just a better scene. Yeah. But what does grind my gear is, and yeah, singular gear. When Pavit comments like this and says, you know, you left me with the kids and no nanny to go off with your friends. It's like, don't do that i hate when dads say shit like that especially when you have a trip to thailand yeah you're going by yourself or, or wherever the Vietnam hell is going. for a, a sandwich but don't do that like if she wants to go away with her friends you don't have a nanny they're your fucking children too buddy it it, it paints a bad picture of dads it does just it, fucking watch it. everywhere they're your kids too asshole let your wife go off she carried them as she points out i carried them for nine months i think i'm due nine months vacation yeah because guess what Pavel? you didn't have to push kids out of your pee hole like, not that women do that. I'm saying, like, he is a man. Would have oh, to okay. All right. Yeah, yeah, okay. I mean, let me clarify that. I understand yeah. how the body works. I'm saying if he was going to push it out of somewhere, okay, yeah, no, he good. only you're... has one hole. Well, he has two, but he's not going to use his butthole. <laughs> I think. Probably. <laughs> am, I, am I driving this into the ground enough? Yeah. Yeah, I get it. My point being, 
Watch your damn kids without complaining about it. Definitely don't complain about it to their mother, who definitely puts up with her kids way more than you do, Pavit. So fucking deal with it, pal. But regardless, she's talking about the vacation and how Aaron continues to kind of grill her about her privilege. And look, it's kind of a murky area. And we, we see that where she says, you know, I, I wasn't painting the picture that I was like poor or anything. And then it does the clip of I only had $20 in my bank account. Mm-hmm. But then we get another clip where it says she was using her savings. So she had a savings to go to New York. So my whole thing with it is like, I think she's just trying to relate to the group. I no longer am vilifying her for it where I'm like, your story's not the same. I think she's doing her best to connect. She's just very clunky in how she goes about it. Yeah, and again, like we talked about this before, you don't have to do that. You don't. Not everybody in this group tried to relate to Bryn and Sai. Right. They just tell their story. And if it's less exciting than their stories, That's if you want to lack of a better it. word. Less traumatic. Less traumatic. Then, you know, just say what your story is and just move on. Like, oh, yeah, I, I really wanted to move to New York. I, I was able to do it. And here I am. Great. That's cool. That's was, awesome. You was, moved from yeah. a different country to this country and you made it in New York and now you're living your dream. Yeah. That's say, really cool. I saved up some money while I was living in London. So I was able to use my savings. It was a grind for a while because I only had X amount of money, but I built it myself. Look at me now. Great story. Yep. Great fucking story. And Just look, say that. if you say that and then Sai has an issue with that, then that's on Sai. That's on That Cy. has nothing to do with you because all you're doing is just telling your story. It shouldn't impact somebody else because it's your fucking story. Exactly. But once you start getting into the nitty gritty and going specifics and talking about how you were also poor, just like you, Sai, like, no, don't try to relate. Just tell what you're doing. But again, I think that's just her. I think that's what she's doing. Yeah. I don't think it's intentional. And I think she just kind of sticks her foot in her mouth a couple of times. And we'll get to Sai later because woof. But they finally schedule a little staycation in New York. We're finally going to get some uh, some action. Not in an Airbnb. Not in an Airbnb. They're going to the Ritz-Carlton. Pavit has it all set up. He's got the nanny on, on I guess, the secret nanny, which, you know. That was a weird joke. Yeah, that was a weird joke to make. <laughs> uh, she takes it well, thank God. But it was a, it was a strange joke. The, the point being, they're finally going to, you know, do the do. Good for them. We're happy for them. But. The next scene, we get Jenna, and she's at Henrietta Hudson's, which is a gay bar in New York. It's actually, like, the first bar she went to after she came out, I guess. So, like, she has a connection to it. And she's got her wing woman, Bryn. And Bryn's a great wing woman because she will just... Incredible wing woman. Outstanding, actually, because she goes and finds a very, very pretty girl, brings her over immediately. I guess, or did she come over? Regardless, Bryn's a great wing woman. the other woman came over, but... Between Bryn kind of like throwing the eyes out there and then the camera crew, you know, you're going to come over and check it out. But there, so there is a rumor going around that this scene was planned, that at the time Jenna had a girlfriend, and I'm not putting any validity to this, I'm just relaying something that I heard, that Jenna was dating at the time but wanted to have this scene in the bar. How do you feel about that? I don't like planned scenes. I don't like them either. I'm just no. saying, like, do you think there's any merit to that? It didn't seem like it. I don't think so. It seemed genuine. Honestly, me. it was building blocks off of how good the trip was for Jenna and Bryn. Jenna, oh, that's a good point. Jenna became so much closer to Bryn, opened way more up, herself, up. opened up, loosened up, allowed Bryn to just kind of be Bryn, which Bryn loves to do as well. And having her go to a gay bar and be your wingwoman, that's incredible. So yeah. I, I had no issues with the scene. I don't think that it's. I don't think it was planned. If it was, I'd be bummed out about it. But 
it's not as big of a scene. No, so I, I don't think that we're really ever going to get like confirmation on it. So I'm just going to act like it wasn't. Yeah. And also at the same time, if it came out like that was all planned, I'd be like, oh, I don't care. Yeah. Like, dude, it was whatever. an entertaining yeah. scene. I don't really care. But I'm not going to remember this scene in like two weeks. Nah, so Janet gets the digits and, uh, you know, good for her. But moving on from your move right in the digits on the Sharpie, though, on your wrist. Like, what, what are you doing? I thought that was strange, too. Yeah. yeah maybe weird. in your phone. Hey, there's a phone. Maybe use your, your phone. phone. iOS 17 just bumped me. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? A little bump? Yeah, the bump. I'm, I'm going to delete your number and then we'll bump later. I don't do not do that because I, I haven't bump. updated my phone in like three updates to You're the one point of those. where when people send me certain emojis, it just shows up as a question mark. <laughs> yeah. So I got to update my shit. But um, anyway, maybe I'll get that new titanium asteroid phone. Hey, now. Came from space. Came from space, according to the Apple commercials, and I Sweet believe it. Fucking commercials. We I talked about the Dancing with the Stars commercial last week. I know we were watching ABC, but that Apple commercial, enough. We talked about it in the group chat, our, our fantasy football group chat. I need to double down. Why do I care that it's made out of titanium? Why are they pushing that? It's still going to break. I, I don't understand if what... If I don't put a case on it and I drop it on the ground, it's going to break. It's going to break, because they make it that way, so you have to pay yeah. more to get it fixed. So why do I give a shit what the material is? It's still an iPhone. I don't know. I Unless don't understand. They create a new material or a new element. I don't care. <laughs> this is adamantium. Apollonium. Yeah. Oh, Apollonium. Actually. Apollonium. Yeah, they're probably. I was bet making me. an X Men joke, but yeah. Bet me. I know. But bet me that's the next thing. It's made out of Apollonium. We found it in a meteor. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> but the next scene was tough, in my opinion. We got a double date with Cy, Aaron, and their husbands. And. They're talking about Jessel and the sex thing again, which is so weird. I don't know why they're so fixated on this and how, like, they're, they could not even survive without having sex for even a couple of weeks. And if that was ever an issue, then they would bring in other people into the relationship and maybe just a gay guy so that it wasn't weird. Which, like, the routes that they take to tell us that they have sex with their husbands is ridiculous. Yeah. I, I don't understand it. I, I don't understand why they're talking about Jessel's sex life as it is. She's not there to defend herself. It's, it's ridiculous. None of their business. She shared some information with them. You would think as friends that they would, you know, kind of just keep it close to their chest. So yeah, maybe the two of them can talk about it. But once you bring your husbands into it, I know that there's the stigma like, well, you know, that's my life partner, so I'm going to talk about everything to him. It's like, yeah, you know, important things. Well, don't This talk, doesn't impact any of anyone's life. Talk about Jessel's sex life, and then the weirdest shit is, when they bring it up, they're like, well, like, what would you do if we didn't have sex for a year and a half? Abe's like, I'd fuck somebody else. That man was <laughs> yeah, dead serious. Immediately. That man, that was not a joke. That wasn't a bit. He was like, I would fuck somebody else. Across the table, Sai's husband's like, oh, the relationship's over. Yep. It's like, wait a minute, guys. If you don't bang your wife for a year and a half, it's either I'm cheating on you or we're done. What if there's extenuating circumstances? What if they just had twins and they're insecure about their bodies? Like, what a shitty way to paint husbands in this world if the only thing that's important to us is having sex with our wives. Maybe they're going through some shit, you selfish assholes. Yeah, like, I liked the husbands until that scene. Too. I did too. It's fucking atrocious. It's like, guys, shut the fuck up. If we didn't fuck for a year and a half, Fake it. Fake your fucking answer. If that's how you actually feel, that you're going to fuck somebody else because you're a scumbag. They didn't even ask like a follow-up question and be like, well, what, what are the circumstances? Why? Maybe ask why. No. Why didn't we have sex for a year and a half? It's like, nah, somebody else probably. Probably just going to bang somebody else. Like, what a douchebag thing to say. And the conversation doesn't get any better because then Abe more or less doubles down. He's like, well, you know, then we get into swinging. It's like, hey. Sigh. You know, hey. I think about it like, you know, 10 years from now, maybe we get into some swinging. Like, what the fuck? What? 
like in my I mind, get it? Like the, the like sex is so open nowadays that it's like yeah, you can talk about things like that. But at the same time, you're doing it on like live television. There's gonna be a lot of people watching out there. It's just a really odd thing to be talking about. Aaron's response is, "Ah, we're from New York. I like, guess what we do here." It's like I don't think so. Yeah. I have a lot of friends that live in New York, and they don't swing. Eat they don't even talk about sandwiches, swing. and you know, like they eat big sandwiches and pizza. That's what New Yorkers That's do. What New York do. But my biggest takeaway is, hey, Sai, hey, Aaron. Instead of focusing on Jessel's sex life and her relationship, maybe. Just maybe look inward at your own because your husbands don't seem that cool. If they're talking about either breaking up or fucking somebody else, I don't that even easily. think it stops at the husbands though because it's not like Sai and Aaron did anything to stop them. They were laughing the entire time but and I agreeing. I think that's, I honestly think that in that moment they wanted to come off like, oh no, ha ha, like we're cool. We can talk about this stuff I'm not without a normal getting mom. Upset. I'm a cool mom. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what it was. Day. I know, mean girl day. But that's exactly what it was. It's a great callback because they were trying to be the cool mom. That's exactly what they were doing. Like, oh, this is how we talk to each other because we're so comfortable and our sex life is so amazing that we have to shit on somebody else's who's having insecurity about her body after having twins and hasn't had sex with her husband in a year and a half, which is actually a pressing issue that they need to get figured out. But we're going to make light of it and talk about swinging, having sex with other people, and divorcing because we don't bang our wives. Yep. What a shitty way to paint both men and and husbands. Fucking brutal. But we get to a shooter's favorite event. We got a sound bath day. But this one is different than anyone that we've seen. It's like a combination. they all fucking hated it. Well, no, that was interesting. But That it's was like, good. It's, it's, finally, somebody acted normal during one of these things. This is how people react to these fucking things. They Not all everybody. They gave like half-assed answers and then in their confessional said, yeah, you know, it's just kind of boring. And you hear somebody in the background going bong, bong, bong. And like, what am I supposed to do? I don't know. I'm just going to hang out here and not really focus on things. Yeah, Uba cries, but it was Uba's event. Of course, she she wants to do this. This is what she wants to do. People finally had real reactions to this instead of the bullshit like, I want to be a better friend to my other friend over here and then go back and start like talking shit behind their back. It never works. Speaking of that. Finally, we got real people going to one of these events, and this is how it's supposed to do it. Well, speaking of that, I literally rewound twice so I could do this correctly. I wrote down everybody's intent, and I want to read them to you and tell me if you think that this is going to pan out, okay? So, Sai is to be more present. No. Jenna is to open up more. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, I think she's already kind of started that, so yeah, okay. Jessel is to be more grounded. No, no chance. Aaron's to be more patient. No fucking way. And Uba is to love herself more. <laughs> that I believe. That one, that one I definitely believe wholeheartedly. But after our last conversation about the sound bath where you get so upset about the intentions and then the next scene we see them fall apart, I wanted to take the time to write them down. They're all intentions for whatever the storyline is for their person in that season. Yeah. And it, it still rings true here. Sure. But sometimes it's like Uba's, obviously. Jenna, we've seen open up a little bit more, so I can see that. The rest of them, it's like, this is something that you told me that you dislike about me, so I'm going to make that my intention to be better at that. You're not. Uh, you're going to be the same fucking thing. Good point. It's just annoying. Well, it's enough of them. Go back deep. to the Roaring Twenties parties. No, I'm done with it. Oh, that's an interesting point. Dev pointed that out to me, too. It seems like every season or every year, each show just highlights one event they're going to do, and then they do that in every show. And I think last year was the Roaring Twenties parties. This year is Sound Baths and Self Healing. I'm curious what next round's going to be. I don't know. I'm just saying. Drugs. Dr- <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Hard drugs. 
Nah, just psychedelics. A little ayahuasca in the desert. Ooh, a little peyote. Vision quest? That would be sick. I would I, like I would that love idea. that. A vision quest is a that's a good I'm one. In. Sign yeah. me up. All right. Let's keep going. We got a quick touch in. We got a quick check in with Sai and her daughter London. I didn't realize she had an older daughter because she's like eight, nine, somewhere I, in there. I started that scene and I must have missed when she said daughter. I figured it was like her niece, and then no, I realized her how daughter. much she looks like her. I'm like, oh, that's got to be her they're daughter. Identical. They're identical. Yeah, they're identical. But moving on from there, we get Pavit and Jessel, and they're getting ready for their big night out together. It was an interesting scene, and you can tell. I think what rang true the most is how uncomfortable they both are. Yeah. Because it's been so long. Yes. They're both trying to navigate this. I can't imagine not having sex for a year and a half. And then the first time you're trying to like reacclimate to it, you're doing it in front of a camera crew. Doing it in front of a camera crew. Everybody around you knows that it's yeah, going on. A lot of and it's liars. a planned thing. So it's like, hey, we're going to have sex on this exact night. Here's what I'm going to wear. I didn't think that she should have worn that. I think she should have like kept that a little special, but who am I to tell I anybody? The same thing. Why did you show him? Yeah, exactly. Like make that like a surprise. But I like that. He I'm has... not going to tell anybody to do it. I, I he laughed when she walked. I know. Out. I, I had an issue with that. Yeah. I said like if you put something on and I laughed at you when you walked out the door, that'd be the end of the night. Yeah. You, night, the, end over. of the night. You'll never see that piece of clothing nope. ever again. But she handled it well. She did. I don't know. I don't even want to say handled it well. She laughed back. She took like, it. It was just a fun moment. And you know what? Most what I most got from this scene is that they they do have a good relationship. It they are like they it. they kind of enjoy each other. They can build off of each other the way that they talk to each other. It works. That's what I'm saying. They rise a little all bit. That's you can ask okay. for, honestly. Yeah, yeah. And you know the whole conversation about the trip to Vietnam, what he's actually doing over there, X, Y, and Z. Here's an interesting thing. So, like a month ago. Somebody commented on our video when we brought up the Vietnam trip originally. Yeah. And they said. It was for mileage. It was a mileage mm -hmm. run. I didn't believe that until this episode. It made sense. when And he drops the mileage run. I'm like, yeah. oh, apparently that's a thing. Yeah. All right, fine. Like, that was believable enough for me. But the next scene, we get a uh, lunch between Cy and Jessel. And it was fucking hilarious that Cy tried to give her the late show up, you know, fashionably late. Mm -hmm. She was 20 minutes late. Jessel is 45 minutes late, so her plan backfires. It doesn't work out for her. But this lunch, I don't know what's up size ass, because, like, Jessel's taking the time. Like, her biggest issue, everyone's biggest issue with Jessel is that she doesn't open up, right? And we've seen her try to open up in the past, and, like, we've commented on multiple times, it's, it's not great. She tries to relate instead of just giving her story it's not perfect, but I don't think it's intentional. I think it's just her not being good at presenting the information. She's trying to connect, and she does it the wrong way. Yeah. In this scene, she's trying to explain to Sai, hey, if I made a comparison, I'm sorry. It was too far. I didn't mean to do that. That wasn't my intention. Anybody else would take that and go, you know what? All right. Like, clean slate, or hey, yeah, that did bother me. This is why. Let's move forward. Or... Yeah, I didn't like that. I'm not sure we can move forward. There's multiple ways that you can go about it without being a total asshole. Sai, the whole time, is making faces. Sai is being rude, standoffish, and then she finally says, I really don't care. Yep. I just don't care. She doesn't care. And, and honestly, I believe her. I Me really too. do not think that she cares until she gets an opportunity to kind of throw it. It's almost like, look, I, you can be proud of where you came from. You can sure. be proud of 
the journey that you went on to get to where you are. It is inspiring when you're talking about it weeks ago at this point. We get it. Like, that's that's really fucking cool. Thank you for sharing. Yep. But we're starting to see that she's kind of snobby about it. Like, how dare you even try to say that you came from somewhere that's even remotely close to me? I came from the gutters of Paris, France, and Hugh Jackman gave me a fucking piece of bread that he stole, and I was in Les Miserables. That movie's <laughs> about me. I think that, yes, her upbringing is crazy. It's traumatic. There's a lot going on there. But you can't be snobby about that. The whole point of what you went through is to understand the other side of the world. So you're going to sit here and be like, you know what? No, my story, way better than yours. So much more traumatic than yours. How dare you even try to comp like come even close to me and compare? And I think that Jessel was okay in the beginning apologizing yeah. because she knows, I look, I struck a chord. I was just trying to relate and you know, a couple of things in your story made sense to me and I didn't really do a good job articulating, blah, blah, blah. She didn't go into specifics yet. And once Sai says, I do not care, she's all pissed off. She does not want to be there. She doesn't understand why she's there in the first place. I think the production probably made her go. And she didn't want to be there. And she that's why she was 20 minutes late. Maybe. She wanted to show why she didn't want to be there. I loved it that she intentionally was 20 minutes late. Jessel showed up 20 minutes after her. Yep. Real fuck you to you. And I love that. But as soon as she says, I don't care, it's like Jessel panics. She doesn't know what to do. She does. She has no idea. And she starts going into this. You told a story about your mom. And then she gets overly specific, which I this hate. Is where it, yeah. I absolutely hate every time that somebody on TV does this. And we see it in real life all the time, too. If you start over explaining and getting way too specific about something that just doesn't need to be that specific, you're either embellishing or trying to relate too much or something's going on there. It's just not a good look. And Cy does get like the, I need to leave. I'm just going to fucking get the check and go. Look, I, I maybe you're just not going to be friends in the future. Cy comes off way worse during this whole conversation because she just looks snobbish and I hate it. And Jessel's trying at the She's very trying, least. So I'm going to give like... Jessel that. But size slides right to the end of the power rankings right away. Oh, I know immediately. And it's like, was she overstepping by trying to compare her uncle and that situation to your mother? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I think anybody watching was kind of like, ooh. As soon as you start the story off with, it's a lot like yours. Right. No. Just don't draw comparisons and you would have been fine. But I see in that moment where Sai could have had an issue. But up until that point. Sai was just being flat out rude and Dev pointed this out as well. And she's like, you know, nothing is ruder than when somebody just acts like you're stupid. Mm -hmm. And that's all of Sai's reactions are like, wow, you're just an idiot. Like, oh, he's going on a mileage run to Vietnam. Like, all right, moron. Like, I just can't even get over a year and a half of you guys not having sex. Like, everything is like, how stupid are you, Jessel? Like, how dumb could you possibly be? Making me come here on a work day. I've yeah. got work to do. Like, I've got, you, look, I, I, I'm proud of what you did. But you work at home and you unbox things. You can do that at fucking 10 o'clock at night. If pictures, you man. Like, yeah. my thing is, I'm not downgrading what you do. No, but until like, you're an asshole, then I'm going to downgrade everything. Yeah, you now do. you're being a dick about it. And all Jessel's trying to do is smooth things over, clear the air, and be able to move forward. But instead of giving her the space and the grace to do so, even if you have an issue with it, like, say that you have, you want her to be open. And then you go on this whole tangent about our issue with you. It's like, just be real. Yep. Just be real. Well, how the fuck is she going to trust you to be real when she tries to talk to you and you're dismissive and rude and treat her like a moron? If if we got anything out of Sai and she actually came back and explained why she feels the way that she feels, different situation. Yep, but she doesn't. Don't. She just downplays it the entire time, rolls her eyes and leaves. It, it was horrible. It was yeah. a brutal scene. Sai drops to like way to the bottom of the uh, power rankings. It's unfortunate. But that takes us to the question part of the show. Up first from 
Bill Zarbo. B.L. Zarbo. From a man's point of view, what do you think of Jessel's marriage? Now we talked about it. Shoots. Yeah, no, I, I have no problems with it. I feel like the more that we get with her and her husband together, you get to see what their dynamic is. No relationship's going to be the same, so you can't really compare it to anybody else's. And they're trying, which is good. I, I don't agree. know why they're, you know, maybe they're trying because other people are putting pressure on them or they're scammers or whatever, but they're trying. They're trying so their that's best. Enough. Everyone lay off. That leads me to Kelly2422. Be nice to Jessel. She is harmless. We were. We were the nicest we people were. to her. So yes. don't worry, Kelly. From K Sparklick. Or K. Oh, damn it. <laughs> K Sparkle K. Sparklick. <laughs> <laughs> Does Sai even want a second season? I don't know. I think that she's trying to play the cool hand card so much that it's coming off that she doesn't care and doesn't want to be there. Yeah, I mean, how many times have we seen her leave places because she's hungry or complain about food? Somebody invites her to go to lunch and she doesn't want to go. Doesn't yeah. Really make a lot of sense to me. I, she's just not showing up enough and she's kind of being an asshole the whole time. So that's not enough for me to give you a second season. Now, do not bring in one of the old Roni cast. No, don't do it. Her. Don't do it. People are talking about Leah McSweeney. Like, don't. Nope. Just don't do it. Up next from Shara Shears. Shara Shears. God damn it. Sarah. Sarah Shears. I'm trying. Shara. Shara Shears. If you had to keep only one Housewives franchise, which one would it be? I like that. Only one? Just one. God damn. Um. Because mm, you got to... Like the city has to play a big part. There's variables here. Oh no, there's too many variables. Um, probably Beverly Hills, just because it's L.A. and there's huge mansions. I, it it's not like the you know White House compound down in Miami. Miami's cool too. Yeah, probably Beverly Hills. I gotta stick with my my fave. I'm going Potomac just because I love that show. Yeah, but it's the franchise. The most okay. So the most. The one that could have the longest life, it, probably Beverly Hills. It's the most dynamic. You can put and it's plug in the most, most like entertainment, entertainment-centric area, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, and there's it's a... LA. There's people that are involved in the industry. There's movie stars, producers that pop up. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say Beverly there's Hills. a lot of people you can plug into that yeah. franchise and still do okay. All right, yeah. Two more from Amber Lee, 19831. I know it's 19831, but whatever. Do you guys think Austin and Taylor actually slept together or was it a drunken makeout? I don't know what to think anymore. I, I think there I think there may have been a drunken makeout. There's also a chance that there was nothing. Nah, and it's just gonna be a witch hunt the whole season, which I kinda hope isn't the case. I think they hooked up. Yeah, I think they probably hooked up at some point. I don't I don't think they slept together though. That I know. I don't know. I really have no idea. This this whole episode kind of threw me through a loop. Yeah, that's fair. And the last question is from Shooter Magooder. Are you really going to watch the Phillies over the Rossi reunion tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> we had to start and end with it. Thank yes, you so we much did. For your stupid fucking joke. Just kidding. Go, Phils. Go I, Phils. If I'm not going to watch Salt Lake tonight, I'm not going to watch OC tomorrow. No, Phils, baby. Red October. So y'all should watch it too. But other than that, do you got anything else? Go Phils. Go Phils. Remember to follow us on our socials at Brav underscore bros. Follow us on YouTube. Subscribe at Brav Bros Podcast. Remember, we have a live show coming up in November, November 19th at the Bourbon Room in LA. The bros are going to the West Coast. We need to buy plane tickets. Um, <laughs> but other than that, go Phils. Red October. Let's go. Woo.
Hey, hey, it's Donna from Daily Dose of Donna. Every weekday afternoon on the Daily Dose of Donna podcast, I cover all of the reality TV and celeb gossip and breaking news. I'm a former TV casting director. My husband works in reality TV, and I live for the housewives, the sister wives, the southern charmers, and the summer housers. And let's be honest, all of the drama. I'll give you a day's worth of celebrity and reality news weekday afternoons in just under an hour. New episodes of Daily Dose of Donna post weekday afternoons and are now available in video on Spotify. Subscribe to Daily Dose of Donna. That's D-A-N-A on your podcast app.